It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Tuesday. I'm Jay Zawoski here with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. We've got a big and fun show ahead today. Before we get into that, make sure you smash that like button on our YouTube page. Make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube page as well. If you're listening on uh, your preferred podcast app, make sure you're following or subscribe there as well. And if you're feeling uh, generous, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And remember, it's always a good day to become a CHGO diehard. Mm -hmm. You can do that at allchgo.com. You get a free shirt or hat upon sign-up, and you get 20% off all merch at CHGO Locker and all CHGO events. It pays for itself in a matter of weeks Jump on, become a diehard, allchgo.com. Today, we're going to wrap up uh, what was left over from our yeah, Mailbag Monday show. Because there were a ton, uh, thanks to all of our new viewers and listeners uh, and followers after the draft lottery on Monday. And speaking of the draft lottery on Monday, that's where we're going to start. We're going to welcome in Stephen Wino of the AP. He was in the room when the lottery, lottery balls were drawn. So he's going to squash or confirm your conspiracy theory. Steven, thanks for taking some time out today. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. And we should mention, by the way, Steven is my colleague at Triumph Books. You see my book there on the, uh, on the set. And uh, Steven is the author of Odd Man In, Hockey's Emergency Goalies, and The Wildest One-Day Job in Sports. It's a super fun read for hockey fans. Check that out uh, via Triumph Books. Get it wherever fine books are sold so take us into the room. It looked like very, you know, when the NHL released the video, you know, Gary Bettman's there holding up newspapers, and there's a the lawyer there with very like... Very hostage video. Bit of a hostage <laughs> video. A little hostage The guy's got the very official ping pong ball uh, nuclear bomb case. What was it like in that room? It, it was weird and, and, and very nerdy uh, and, and very much like you could respect the process. Like this was a very by the book thing that they do every year. This wasn't just we're doing it special for Connor Bedard and, and all that, or they did special for Connor McDavid. Like this is how it is done each time with the, you got the list that like, we was printed out for us of the 14, one through bar, one through 14 combinations and kind of which team had each one of the combinations. So you could essentially follow along. It happens pretty quickly, but you could follow along with it and can every year. 
and, and literally to the point where there's a dude in the back who's not looking, who's yelling when to draw the ping pong balls out of the thing. It, it, it was a very official process that, like, I almost wonder if the league should do that on the air, but it's so nerdy and 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 process oriented and all that sort of thing that only those of us who are really kind of geeky about this might enjoy it. I think doing it live on air would be well, I think the the heightened like intensity of revealing each number is great for TV, but I think to like help everyone just feel like this is legitimately the process. This is how everything goes doing the lottery balls and, and, and the drawing have that being part of the broadcast, I think would be a, a great idea uh, for the league. So what was it, you know, once the, uh, once you were in the room, is it like, you know, phones are locked every no, like no outside communication. How, what, what was like the time difference between doing the lottery and then the broadcast? Like, did they have you like sequestered away? Like, what was that experience for you as like a witness? It, it was crazy. It, it was like old school jury duty in, in a lot of ways where, so it, like, we were just kind of waiting. Like there was a period of time where I'm talking about getting there about 545 Eastern time. And they said, okay, we're about 630, 645. We're going to start doing this. And in about 630 or so, they come along and have these manila folders. And we each have to put our phones in the folder, write our name on it. And they take the phones away and put them over in the corner and, 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 just to make sure that once everything happens, we cannot leak the results to anyone. And then it happens and it happens very quickly. I mean, you, you, they, that happens and you guys saw the, the video, the, the, the Bergen record being held up, the newspapers, the whole kind of like, here's every lottery ball, one to 14. There's no weights here. There's nothing stupid going on and make it very clear. And then it happens and you look over at the guy from Ursa Young, well, it's Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, we'll do it again. And it's the Anaheim Ducks. And it's over and they update a spreadsheet literally an updated spreadsheet on 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 an excel file of here's who's got the number one and two picks now and that's it and now it's like here go have, have a burger go have a whatever like here's <laughs> here, here's a bottle of water like we're stuck here and that was about seven o'clock or so eastern and then the show began at eight o'clock eastern and bill daly who's the one obviously pulling up the the, the placards was not in the room didn't didn't want to know has does not want to know what happened and, and so gary bedman at, at whatever 757 he and his grandson go we're gonna go watch the show he's the one guy who's allowed around out of that physical room because who's he gonna leak it to i mean it's it's, it's that, that period of time where like in in the and then in those 10 to 15 minutes the 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 interview with connor bedard you kind of go through the entire process and then we were handed our phones back after it was revealed that the blackhawks had won the lottery the ducks were number two we had we had known that and then we could tell the world Sitting there, uh, you were part one of three writers in there, along with Frank Saravalli, Aaron Portland. When you guys find out that it's the Blackhawks getting the number one pick, knowing that that's probably going to cause the most commotion out of all the possible outcomes and probably outside of the city of Chicago, be the most unpopular of all the pop possible outcomes. Did you guys kind of like side-eye each other going, oh boy, here we go. There was a little bit of, of, of oh boy, and, and I think everybody at the league realized Oh, that's okay. This is people are going to think this. And it actually made me glad to have seen it in person. Not that I would have thought it's rigged anyway, because I, really, look, if the NHL could have rigged it, Conor David wouldn't have ended up in, in the northernmost city in Alberta. Like, it, it, like 
I, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theory person about stuff like this, but having seen it physically happen in front of my eyes and just how official the process is, it was amazing that like when you go by the, the combinations, like if it had shown up a nine instead of an eight, I'm based in Washington. Connor Bedard was going to the Capitals. If it ended up as a five, he's going to St. Louis. Like it was crazy how close it was to having other random things happen. And it's kind of like sports in general, right? Like a shot goes in or goes out and it changes the course of history. Literally, the lottery ball popping up changed the course of history of sending Connor Bedard to Chicago. And, and yes, it, it probably is maybe the least popular, but also the best for the league. Philadelphia, Montreal, and Chicago, to me, being those of, of you want a big star in a big market. And this is what happened. It's kind of funny. Hockey is the most random of all sports because things can change yep. on the craziest, silliest plays that a franchise like the Blackhawks can change on one of the most random acts as well. Well, hey, if rather I mean, fitting, like you said, like if the Hawks don't beat the Penguins in game 82, the Florida Panthers don't make the playoffs, let alone make it to the Eastern Conference final. Like it, it is. It's, it's the butterfly effect. The most random little thing that seems meaningless at the time can, can alter the course of history. And that's, that's what happened. And like you said, of course, it, as soon as the Hawks win it, the conspiracy theories are going to start flying because it does. It is best for the league for this to happen. So I'd have to imagine, you know, over your cheeseburgers and waters, uh, Gary Bettman, if, if he was to stick around, would probably tell you off the record he's pretty thrilled about it. He has to be. And, and, and the league, the league should be happy about it. I like that. The, it, it is a good bounce, but it wasn't like they orchestrated it to be that because as you guys pointed out, if they didn't have this extra win, or if the ducks didn't lose 10 of their last, whatever, 11 games, then there might've been a different combination anyway. And that's, that's why how stupidly random this is, is, is to have this bounce go the, the way of this franchise that obviously we, we know the history was struggled and, and games weren't on TV and, and the, the kind of the situation with championships and we know Kyle Beach and, and kind of the aftermath of the last 12, 13 years that, of course, the Blackhawks are the center of a new thing around the NHL. For better or for worse, most of my career covering the NHL has been centered around the Chicago Blackhawks. So why not this too? Well, you know, it's it's definitely for better. We'll it's for it the better. Way. Yeah. For better this time for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get why people are. I, I understand the emotions about it. And a lot of the stuff we heard and we heard a lot of it, was the Hawks should have been punished more severely for Kyle Beach. Sure, that's fine. But this notion that, like, the league gifted the Blackhawks Connor Bedard, that's not how it worked. That's not how it worked, and, and that's the primary reason, Steve, we wanted to have you on, was as you're in Washington, you have no bias to Chicago, there's no tie-in for you, the Hawks' success does not help you in any way, shape, or form, or hurt you really. Uh, and you were there. I just, I, I think there's still a few people that are like, yeah, well, I don't care. It's, it's, it's still fake. It's still rigged. My thing is, what has the NHL shown you since Gary Bettman took over as commissioner that they are competent to rig something this complicated? There's no, there was no frozen envelope situation here. For, yeah, no doubt about it. And then I was even surprised how many people the day after or that night of in my Twitter mentions were just convinced it was rigged. I, I, I've had friends and, and people I know who've played in the league or whatever, who really do think or, or have no people they know think it is rigged. And I was like, I can tell you, I watched it with my own eyes. 
there's no magic trick going on. There's there's nothing there there's there's no uh, malfeasance going on here. It, it really was a bounce of a ping pong ball that sent Connor McDavid to Edmonton, that sent Austin Matthews to Toronto, that sent Connor Bedard to Chicago. And and what now whether whether a ping pong ball should be deciding these things, whether there should be a draft and and where all the horses, those are bigger debates for another day. But I can say there is a fairness and a weirdness and a randomness to this process that exists. Well, we know the the draft order now up until the the, the final four picks. Uh, the first two, I think, off the board are pretty much set. We were having uh, discussions yesterday and, and have had some discussions basically since last week, Monday, uh, about what the Blackhawks can do with their second first round pick. And the idea of trading up has been... Uh, brought up to us a lot. Uh, we know that you cover the uh, the Washington Capitals as well. They have the eighth pick. What do you envision them doing with that eighth pick? Because that's kind of a range that maybe we're thinking two things. One, maybe the Blackhawks could finagle their way back into the top 10 with that second first round pick. Or maybe if he falls, Matvey Mitchkov could be available in those picks too. So from a capitals perspective where do you see that that eighth pick and that range of the draft going if Matfe mishkov is there at eight the capitals aren't passing him up but like i, I mean I, we we know the capitals history with this dating really to george mcphee taking Evgeny kuznetsov late in the first round several years ago when everyone said oh we don't know what's going to happen with these guys from the khl and whether they come over and all that and mishkov has a lot of those questions of if he's going to come over when he's going to come over that said if the Blackhawks want want him and he's sitting there at, at, at five, six, seven, um, it, it makes all the sense in the world to, to move up there because even if you never see him in in your in your life, even if he never plays a game for the Blackhawks, the risk reward there when you have Connor Bedard already from the first round of this draft to me is worth everything. I, and that's my colleague Jay Cohen and I have, have kind of discussed this as well. It's just this is the draft. This is going to be the Connor Bedard draft. And, and, and even if they, even if you whiff with that that other pick, then so be it. Like you have Connor Bedard out of this draft, and you can afford to make other mistakes. But I, I think you can also afford to be aggressive. And and, and beyond just the draft, it fascinates me what this is going to do to Kyle Davidson's plan moving forward. Of do you use a, a that second first round pick to try to get a player who can play with 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 Connor Bedard? Do you kind of adjust your 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 plan moving forward from even what you had in your own head, even though he said there's no timeline and this and that? Do you adjust your own expectations? But I think if a guy like that is available there, you, no organization has more leeway to be able to take that risk than Chicago. It's interesting. I hadn't really thought of it that way of you've already got the big chip. You know, and we've talked about would you trade if they get two, would you trade two and 19 and a bunch of other stuff to get one? Yes. So why would you not trade some of that stuff to get up to three or four to get Mitchkov? That's interesting. I want to go back to the Capitals angle of that. And like, what kind of influence does Ovechkin have on getting players from Russia to the United States? Does he have more of an influence on those decision makers in Russia than your average NHL team? I don't think so now, uh, and, and I'm talking by, by now, I mean since the start of the war and, and kind of just how geopolitics has gone crazy since then. I think it makes, I think his presence there 
makes a player more willing to come over and 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 kind of buy into that seeing the capitals culture with alex ovechkin Evgeny kuznetsov dmitry orlov even alexander semen over the years and and having kind of uh, the ability to know these guys can succeed here I, i think just the presence of alex ovechkin in the organization has a benefit i don't think he's calling and lobbying Mavevich Coven saying, come over here if we draft you, that sort of kind of active thing. But him being there and, and, and kind of being the face of the franchise and knowing it can work, uh, even that they took Ivan Miroshenko last year uh, in the first round, a guy who is probably going to come over and play in, in Hershey in the American League next year of that was a risky pick too, given his his health kind of getting over a a, a disease, honestly, and and not knowing when he was going to play again. And so I think they were willing to take that risk. He is willing to kind of embrace and buy in to their plan because of the presence of Alex Ovechkin. Speaking of Ovechkin and the Caps, uh, you know, we we marveled this past season was our first full season together covering the Hawks credentialed. And despite pretty lousy actual on ice season we got to see some really amazing things including that hat trick in the united center for 800 that was one of the coolest things i've ever seen as a fan or as a reporter just awesome but it's kind of a weird situation where the capitals are first time in a long time not in the playoffs you have the ovechkin record chasing for the next couple of seasons are the capitals kind of just gonna let's you know go young and rely on that to be our marketing tool? Are they going to try and quickly get back, not only to have Ovechkin break that record, but chase down another cup as well? Yeah, I, the, the record probably more than a champion. And yes, what, everyone wants to win a championship, no, no doubt about that. But I, I think what ownership from Ted Leonsis down to General Manager Brian McClellan, I think their job over the next two to three years is to keep this team contending at least. And, and are you going to make the playoffs by two points, miss the playoffs by two points, and, but at least be a good enough competitive team to help Alex Ovechkin break this record? I, I think that's the, the, the kind of mo for this franchise right now of course would you would you love if they had gotten connor bedard yes you would have said great let's load up and try to win a championship again and and all those things that didn't happen i do think there's enough talent around this team and, and enough flexibility and and kind of creativity on brian mcclellan's part to get this team back to being a playoff contender a playoff team in the east for the next two three years and have enough talent around alex ovechkin to break this record because if you have a rebuild situation and you and not a whole lot of talent around him the team other teams are going to be able to stop him and say okay everyone else beat me right and and so i i think that's the the goal right now for the capitals is be good enough yes they they, they would love to be a stanley cup contender again but to be a playoff team again What's the cap situation for the Capitals next year? Are they pretty good financially? Or are they going to have to make some moves to get under the cap? So some moves are coming. And and, and Anthony Mantha uh, and, and the kind of albatross contract, or what turned into an albatross contract, has to get moved at some point. Uh, um, and, and whether that's a buyout or, or a trade, giving up an asset to get rid of him. There's the constant of getting Kuznetsov trade rumors now that that, that he's got a, a big ticket on the, on the salary cap. And the question of whether you can move him who would want him? Can you can you try to keep him and hope he has the even season, good bad season, good good season, like kind of alternating and hope for the best? But they they did they did get rid of Dmitry Orlov by trade, Lars Eller, 
Marcus Johansson, a handful of guys who were part of some winning teams around there. So there's a little there. There are spaces for guys to come in. But this is where Brian McClellan has to prove he is one of the better general managers in hockey is you've got a limited amount of physical dollars with the salary cap not going up very much. And do you, you have contracts you need to physically move or deal with to be able to kind of add the talent they think they need? How would Ovechkin react to a Kuznetsov trade? Like yeah, it reacts to everything else. He, he'll be he'll be fine. I they they Alex Semin walked away in free agency a, a decade ago, and he went on and, and won a championship. I don't think he it's going to be one of the things where he stands up and says don't trade him or do trade him. It's kind of Alex kind of goes about his own business with this team, and, and whether he's playing with Nick Lucas Backstrom or your old friend Dylan Strome uh, or Evgeny Kuznetsov, he makes do with. with kind of the talent he's had around him, which has been a significant amount over the last 15, 16 years. Well, I think the, the reason I ask is because, I mean, obviously the Hawks are, as you sort of have mentioned, now with Bedard a little bit obligated to help him out a little bit and to bring in some talent. And I look at Kuznetsov, I look at Mantha, I look at even, not that I want Tom Wilson playing with uh, with Bedard, but he would certainly make the team better. Um, I wonder what it would take. Let's just use Mantha as an example, right? The guy who's had huge expectations and has just not lived up to them throughout his career obviously battled injury uh throughout would the capitals give the hawks some draft assets to take on that deal is that something like the hawks did last year with peter morazic well they, they would take the number one pick for kuznetsov i'll tell you that right now okay. they, 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 I, I, I can i can tell Good. you they would actually do that um yeah no, I, I i do see a scenario where i i don't know if it's multiple draft picks but to get rid of anthony mantha's contract a, 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 maybe it's a fourth round pick and Anthony Mantha for future considerations sort of deal. Uh, he had fallen out of favor certainly with Peter Laviolette when he was coaching in Washington. There's going to be a, a new guy kind of pull, pulling those strings and making those decisions. But Anthony Mantha and, and Jacob Rana was a, a trade for each other. Neither, it worked out for neither team, Detroit or Washington from a few years ago. And, and kind of, you could, if you're Kyle Davidson, you could talk yourself into Anthony Mantha as a change of scenery kind of player that you say, look, we're going to get an asset, a fourth, a fifth round pick, whatever, to take someone. And if it doesn't work out, he's only got one year left on the deal. You flip him the deadline if he's worth anything, and you kind of move on with your life. There are a handful of players around the league like that. I, I think you can consider uh, even a guy like Max Domi coming back. So, so something uh, along the lines of, of more kind of prove-it situation players. And, and the weird part is the Capitals are kind of in the market for the same sort of players they haven't had like that already to kind of fill in their 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 bottom nine forwards of guys who let, let's see what they have left in the tank and, and the, these sort of reclamation projects that will f- suit someone like Connor Bedard well to have talent around him who might have something to prove. You mentioned the Caps are in the market for a new coach. Quite a few teams will be looking for a new coach. Obviously, the allure of being able to coach one of the all-time greatest goal scorers and maybe soon to be the greatest all-time greatest goal scorer What's kind of the news on that coaching front? I know a guy like Spencer Carberry is high on their list. If Toronto, whatever they're going to do, does that domino kind of fall? Are, are they or are they looking for someone with a little more experience? Even though they've tried that route with Peter Laviolette. The, the, the nice part is that they're not in a, in a rush, and, and I think the Blue Jackets are sort of in that that sphere too. That Brian Clone hasn't had to to rush into anything, and he's gotten a chance to watch the first couple rounds of the playoffs and see how things go. 
I think that they do really like Spencer Carberry. There's, there's no doubt about that. That that's kind of the worst kept secret in, in hockey right now, but they're not the only team interested in Spencer Carberry. He interviewed with the Sharks last year when David Quinn got that job. If Sheldon Keefe is not back as the coach of the Maple Leafs, you could easily see Spencer Carberry getting promoted and, and, and coaching that team. Uh, you, if you're the Anaheim Ducks, you have to be interested. Same thing with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, even the Calgary Flames have to make a call. He is probably the, the, the next hot name. Um, Jeff Halpern was the capital of the cap, uh, captain of the Capitals several years ago, has played with Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom uh, as a local Washington area kid. His name is obviously out there in consideration, but you have to call a Gerard Gallant. If there's a if Sheldon Keefe is 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 free, I imagine that's going to be a phone call too. I, the thing it, it's choose your own adventure for the Capitals because they've had many they had many times uh, under George McPhee where it was first time coach, first time coach, first time coach, and it failed. Then you go out and get Barry Trotz and it works. Todd Reardon doesn't work. Peter Laviolette is, is is somewhere in the middle there. That they have a wide swath of, of coaches potentially available to them. I just don't know how good a job it is. Uh, you get to coach Alex Ovechkin, there's the record chase, but it, it's probably a job that if you're a first-time head coach, you know you're probably going to be in it through for three or four years, and it's not going to be your John Cooper level decade on the job sort of situation unless things go really, really, really well. Well, Stephen, it was great. It flew by that interview. Thanks so much for jumping on with us. We appreciate it. Reminder, everybody, check out Stephen's book, Odd Man In Hockey's Emergency Goalies and the Wildest One Day Job in Sports from my friends at Triumph Books. Wait, you can I, get that anywhere. I, books I have are a sold. question for Stephen. Oh. Um, uh, so this is Lawrence, the producer. Hey, I, I'm wondering, do, do you get to keep the paper with all the number, the lottery numbers? Did you have. I, I do have I do I, I do have those numbers. Yes. I, I mean, if there's any chance you want to send those to us, I would absolutely <laughs> I, have I, those. I, I have my ch- I have my chicken scratch like circled on everything there too. But if you, I, mean, I, I also I, I also my, I'm I'm keeping the Manila envelope with my name on it. That's the one. That's my souvenir from that night. Well, if you want to send those to us, I don't know, Jay. Yeah, just scan us I a mean, photo and oh send it over. God. I would. I just love to see it. It's that's cool. got shadow box on our office wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Four, five, just, yeah, nine, yeah. You, you guys can frame that. Yes. Yeah, I would yeah. love it. All right, Stephen. We appreciate, it, man. Thanks for jumping on. We love having you, and hope we can. Hopefully, we can do it again soon. Absolutely. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Stephen. All right, thanks, Stephen. That's Stephen Wino from the AP. Follow him on Twitter at S Wino, W H Y. We see him in Nashville while we're all hanging out for the Connor Bedard show. I think we will. And then all those other picks. I'm I'm glad we got to do that. I think that the the conspiracy stuff has died down a little bit, but yeah, Yeah, I don't know. Have other things to be mad about. Yeah, people are (laughs) always outraged until the next thing comes around for them to get outraged. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was really good. Speaking of uh, really good, tomorrow we're going to talk to the Blackhawks director of amateur scouting, uh, Mike Donahue. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow at 2, he'll join us right at the top of the show. He is a great guest, a wonderful speaker, uh, and he's going to kind of tell you what it's like preparing for the draft, uh, how it's changed over the years. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that interview. So 2 o'clock tomorrow, uh, Mike Donahue, uh, the Blackhawks chief scout of amateurs, uh, which is the amateurs are the guys being drafted. Yeah. Yep. So that's important. That should be a lot. And then we have our buddy uh, Craig Morgan from PHNX on Thursday. Yes. And for Big those who don't know. The Coyotes. Yes. A huge day for the Coyotes. The vote is happening as we speak. There should be results around 8 p.m. Whether or not uh, Tempe is going to approve an arena for the Coyotes. If it does not get approved, the Coyotes are probably looking for a new market. And I'm not saying Scottsdale or Phoenix <laughs> no. or Glendale. I'm saying Houston, 
Kansas City. Kansas City or Salt Hamilton City. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, potentially, yes. yeah. So Quebec big, City. big night for the Coyotes. And uh, look, because we know them, we're rooting for our friends at PHNX, and let's hope the vote goes uh, in their favor because uh, good people put a lot of work into that, and uh, and hopefully uh, it, it and turns out, and look, it would be great if the Coyotes could get some stability so they can start running their franchise like an actual freaking franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tweeted uh, Craig's story today about just the entire history of their arena stuff. And when you read that and understand it, which I hadn't until I read through it today, yeah. it's perfectly understandable why they've been so crippled in terms of running an organization, paying their players, all the sort of things that they've had to do to just survive deals that were at the finish line that didn't go through for arenas. It's been a disaster. Let's hope, fingers crossed, everything goes well for the Coyotes tonight. Yep. And, yeah, I, I know we we take our shots and people do at the Coyotes, but their their fan base in Arizona is, is very dedicated. Um, there's a lot of great Coyotes fans that, that want to, you know, obviously want to see their team stay in, in that area. So, yeah, hopefully uh, – Hopefully it goes well, um, and we'll see what happens. Yep. And while they're uh, waiting on those results, well, they have their own beer sponsor in Phoenix. Uh, if you're in Chicago, Dream beer Phoenix. If you're in Chicago <laughs> and waiting on those results, or if you just want to go outside and crack a beer on your patio or on your deck or at the park, you know, in a little paper bag, uh, do it with Goose Island because they have. Goose is flying over our heads. They have been Chicago's beer since 1988, and they are the proud beer company of us here at CHGO. Uh, Whether it's the Goose IPA, the six-time medal winner at the Great American Beer Fest, which is always in style with a citrus aroma and bold hop finish, or the Full Pocket Pills, the everyday beer, what the beer brewers are drinking, or the Tropical Beer Hug, uh, the Dry Hops Imperial IPA, which is a 9.9 ABV that's dangerously easy to drink. Or the 312, the staple of their beer roster in the golden can. Whatever it is that you decide to crack open and enjoy, uh, do it responsibly and do it with Goose Island. You can, of course, grab the alt- grab an ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beer at the Goose Island Original Brew House located on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in West Town. Again, that is the Goose Island Beer Company. I think when I get home tonight, I am going to crack one open on my back patio and enjoy the sunshine. By the way, any beer can be an everyday beer if you try hard enough. <laughs> if you really want to. Yeah. yeah. You don't even have to try but that especially hard. especially Goose Island. <laughs> it's, it's not that hard, man. No, it's not. <laughs> hey, speaking of sitting outside and enjoying the sunshine and an ice cold Goose Island, you want to ah, protect those there. eyeballs of yours because they are important. Mm-hmm. You do need those. You're gonna have to need. You're gonna have to have two. Well, you're gonna have to have eyeballs, working eyeballs, to enjoy Connor Bedard. Yes, it will help. The it most. will definitely help. You want to see all those all nine thousand goals he's gonna score, mm-hmm. so you can take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather and the glorious sunshine ahead with premium polarized shades at a very affordable price, and they're going to get even more affordable. Spoiler alert. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers world-class product 
just as good, I think even better than any expensive pair I've ever worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for your outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on the very first day, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair. Zero questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase, and together with their customers, that's you, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to help nonprofit partners across the United States through Shady Rays Impact. They're doing everything from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it for now and years to come. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, but you will, but just in case you don't, you will. But you will. You will. Exchange. You can exchange for a brand new pair or return them for absolutely free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back, and also, they have the best deal of the season just for our wonderful, beautiful, lovely CHGO listeners. Go to shadyrays.com. Put two or more pairs of their awesome sunglasses in your cart, and when you get to checkout, use CHGO. And in the promo code, and you're going to get 50% off your order for two or more pairs of Polaroid sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. For the record, I don't want Anthony Monta on the Blackhawks. I really don't either. It was just an exercise in conversation. <laughs> yeah, uh, not high on the list. No, not, not, the, not the guy at Target, but depending on what is used to sweeten the pot. Yeah. If, if, if you get more plus... If you're going to give a first... Right. Well, they're not, gonna give, <laughs> they're not giving like you the number eight overall. Case, but yeah. That's not happening. Uh, but if you get, say, they're maybe one of their top three prospects, like somebody that can actually be a useful NHL player down the road in short order, mm -hmm. like you can get their, you know... What about this Ludwig person? Sure. I, I love, love that name. Isn't that a... Brandis? Ludwig person? Ludwig person. Ludwig Was he the goalie? Person. He is a center wing. Oh, I like I'm thinking of somebody wings. else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can get their version of, like, Lucas Reichel. And the coolest name in hockey, Hendrix LaPierre. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, and he had a uh, – was he the one that hit the fan in the queue? No, that was the shit. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was good. I, oh, I, don't, have a, that was, I don't have a sound. Yeah. I don't have a sound effect. There for you it. go. That was good. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's. <laughs> I believe it's uh, Mert. Mert. That's French know. for shit. Mert. 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 That's pretty close to Italian too. Anyways, um, what were we talking about? I, I don't remember. No not getting Anthony Monta. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, he's not, not the guy I would take. But you know what? The Hawks have the options to be. Yep, options are know, open. They they're going to be the first team people that have those types of things call. Again, so nice to be on the other side of that, isn't it? Mm -hmm. For for how many years was well the Hawks have to dump this guy in order to table Terravine and they get rid of Brian Bickle? Yeah, mm -hmm. like and that's far from the only case either. I mean, yep. so many guys had to leave in order to keep the, the core together. Now we get to benefit the other side. Let's get. Somebody else is Tavo Teravainen to take on their Brian Bickle. That I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm down for that for sure. By the way, uh, as we were discussing, uh, Steven said the Hawks are really in the catbird seat, having number one. They can kind of take a risk with number two. Our buddy Lebowski 5 made a good point 
Um, it's up a little bit. Sorry, I had to drop that on you very quickly. Yeah, so Lebowski says he disagrees with Steven's assessment, says if the Blackhawks did not get Bedard, then I'd be more inclined to draft Mitchkov because they need a blue-chip cornerstone. Now that they have number one, they need to fill out the foundation with more certainty. That's an interesting point. Yeah. I, I mean, look, if you are confident that Mitchkov is coming, and look, this is the pre-draft work that every team in the league is doing on Mitchkov right now. Right. Who's the last guy that didn't come over of that profile, right? Like, there have been guys who have decided to stay, but they've yeah. not been of the Mitchkov, Malkin. <laughs> right, right. But those premier buddy. Russians, because that was come. a concern with Ovechkin. It was a concern with Malkin. Yeah. Kaprizov. Kaprizov, right. Like, what Kaprizov drops. Who was the, who's the guy dropped. a few a few years ago? Pod Colson? He came over. Yeah, he's with the uh, Canucks, Canucks, right? Yeah. yeah. The Canucks. Yeah. So yeah. they all, the, the top. I don't see a scenario outside of, like, more crazy Russian foul play where Mitchkov isn't in the NHL. I really don't. Eventually, yeah. The allure of the not living in Russia and <laughs> making money and not having to, like, you know, get called to go serve in the military at that drop of a hat and not living in Russia. Yeah. No offense to anybody living in Russia right now, but seriously, living in any city in the United States is going to be an upgrade. Except St. Louis. Fair. <laughs> I'll allow it. Um, <laughs> but still, like the money and the stardom and just the Western world, you know, it's... It, I, I don't see a scenario where he doesn't come. Alex yeah. Ovechkin seems to be having a really hard time here. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's yeah, right, right. constantly miserable. <laughs> yeah, always got a frown on never his face. Smiling. Never, never, never body serving out, through never a fountain. Go, never goes out in public and 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 acts like a frat boy. No, it's just no. He's he's yeah. I don't I don't see any scenario where he doesn't come. I know concern. They're legit. Yeah, but eventually he gets here yeah. and he's going to be a really good hockey. I think player. It's, like that, it's the t it's. I think it's the timeline that people are concerned right. about. Like it could be two, three, four, five years, whatever it is. So and with counter Bedard, the Blackhawks have nothing but time to wait. Yeah. For. So even you know you're saying like, oh, you can you can take a take a more sure thing, but you know, at 19, you're probably getting a guy who's still two, three years away, anyways. So why not? try and roll the dice to get up ahead of a team or in a position where if he's falling in the draft that you could go and get him and wait those two three years and get a player of his caliber rather than a, a later first round caliber. and here's yeah. the great part and if kyle davidson's listening i know you are i know you are kyle <laughs> um next time you're on sit more centered um <laughs> if you draft mitchkov and he's four years away theoretically okay Bedard's new contract has begun, and you're adding that dude at league minimum at league minimum for three years, or the rookie, whatever the, the nine hundred and yeah. million yeah, bucks, yeah, nine hundred yeah, a million yeah. bucks a year for three years with Bedard, who is probably at that point entering his prime. He'll be twenty one at that point. He'll have you know four years of hockey under his belt. Then you're and and with the idea with Mitchkov is. He's not going to come to the United States and then need years to develop. He's going to come ready to go mm -hmm. like Kaprizov, like Panarin. You know what I mean? Like he is a – he arrives ready. And mm -hmm. he wouldn't have to come here and be the savior or the guy. Exactly. Right. No – so much less you're not, pressure you're not, on him. So you're instead of saying we need yeah. to sign free agent X, 
to play with Connor Bedard. Instead of giving $13 million to Leon Dreisaitl, here's Mahe Michkov for a million. I mean, it, yeah, and it's, you're telling me so he's going to win the Calder and the Conn Smythe in the same season? Is that what you're all but confirmed? Yes. Okay, cool. He could. I like it. Yeah. Why not? So I mean, but think about it, like that that the the money part and the contract part, which we know is top of mind for Davidson. He's gone through every possible scenario. And another reason why he's sort of saying like we can't make all these picks this year is because you can't have a bunch of guys come and do contracts at the same time. Yeah. Like, you just can't. Can I tell you how big of a nerd boner I have that we have a general manager that actually thinks about that stuff? It's great. That where he's, like, he's already thinking four years ahead of himself. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so freaking refreshing and just, that just gives me confidence that if this rebuild works, and it's certainly on the right path to success, that... The second part of the rebuild is sustained success. And with this, with Kyle Davidson thinking years ahead of time, it makes me confident that this is, that the sustained success could be accomplished as well. Everything all right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it looks window? like it's snowing out. It's weird. Like, there's a bunch of uh, stuff flying around. I didn't know if it was just Well, this Mario, window. that is uh, probably some... Uh, Dan- flowers or uh, the little uh, the little helicopter uh, seeds. I know pods. my neighborhood is infested with dandelions. One yard had them yeah. like two weeks ago. Now the entire city of Wilmette is one big dandelion. <laughs> one giant oh, my, dandelions. My, my yard definitely has dandelions. Nice. Yeah. No, All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, I was. I was concerned. I was just. I've, I thought maybe someone was peeping well, in. Well, it's just like there's like all this stuff coming down, and I'm like, we're pretty high up. There's no trees above us. Yeah. I don't know. Confusing. I don't know. But Anyways, um, I know it's all right, going. we've got some leftover questions for Mailbag Monday. Again, we appreciate everybody uh, getting those getting those uh, messages in. We want to make sure we respect you and answer the questions. So let's uh, let's rifle through. I think we got four left. That's probably just enough to get through the show. Hey, so I know that uh, Law has them all ready to go. Yeah, do you, you, you want to read them all like Joey did yesterday? Sure. Well, let's do it. Uh, are you going to identify him correctly? I called Joey Steven yesterday. <laughs> then I called him Sarah. They oh. call him Natalie, then um, Clark. Clark. Yeah, we had some Lawrence. Lawrence. Kevin, some Lawrence. He was Lawrence at one point. We went uh, through everybody. Okay, well, let's just, uh, is there any order? You don't care about any order? Go for no, it. Go for it. Right, Shoot we'll from the hip, my friend. Okay, let's uh, start with Korchinski will save us. <laughs> Surprising who this, person, unbiased who, question. who this question is about. <laughs> Do you guys see Korchinski making the team this year or going back to juniors? Is this Ian Mitchell's burner account? <laughs> Can I say both? I think Kevin Korchinski is going to start the season here and then go back to junior. I think he's going to play his seven to nine or whatever yeah. and then go back. I, that sounds. I could reasonable. see them. I could see them doing that. I personally would just say, have a really great training camp, have a really good preseason, and then go back to junior. Um, while it would be good to see like what he could do in the NHL at this point, um, I'm fine with not really throwing him in there just yet i'm fine with him taking another year uh to to develop to grow to mature um i think that would only do him do him well uh so yeah that's it, it's probably going to be at the end of the day it's probably going to be he gets a taste of the nhl and then heads back to junior yeah i i i'm on board with that give him this six seven eight nine games whatever beginning of the year send him back to juniors unless you just physically can't because he's just so good. Um, let him dictate 
that, but I, I you know, I, you've I got think, plenty of defensemen. Yeah. I, I, going back to the WHL, you know, it may not be so, like, you can argue that playing against NHL talent is better for his overall development than going back and playing against you teenagers. Him, but, yeah, you, mean, you also but don't want to kill. he's still a teenager, too. Right. You don't want to kill any kind of mojo he has going on. So, yeah, he'll be here for training camp. He's going to get an extended look in preseason. He'll play, you know, if there's six preseason games, bet you he plays at least three of them. Mm-hmm. Give him, you know, if he's earned it, if he looks completely lost in training camp, well, then your decision's made. He right, goes right yeah. back to WHL. Well, if he looks great, let him play the first handful of games and then make happens. your decision, yeah. you know. And I think what we saw with Lucas Reichel last year is that Kyle Davidson's not afraid to say, hey, you're playing really well. Good, good job. Head on back down. Go do that in Seattle. I don't think there's any notion that, you know, Kyle Davidson is just like, oh, he's too good. We get I think he's got no qualms about sending a good player back if they can. Uh, real quick, uh, kind of going back to our Mitchkov conversation, young Dangle God mentioned Seth Jones's contract and how it's going to be a problem for the last four or five years. Remember that as the years go on, the cap goes up. Mm-hmm. And that $9.5 million it's not gonna hurt in four much. or five years is not going to look as bad as it does right now. No. And also, it becomes movable at that point. More if he's willing movable. to go, yeah. Right, three right or now, four years at nine point five is much easier yes. to swallow. If he's yes. performing at a high level, exactly. And of course, there's always those teams willing to take on those big high deals if guys want to call it a yeah. career. I think Seth Jones will play for the for the length of that contract. Yeah, he's still only twenty eight. And remember, like I said, nine and a half million four or five years from now is not going to look as bad Everybody as it does today. Freaked out. With the Duncan Keith deal, six million, not even, not even, and it was a bargain. Yeah, by the end of it, yeah. everybody freaked out of the Corey Crawford six million. Yeah, and it was a bargain by the end of that deal. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying nine point five million for a defense was going to be a bargain, but it's not. It's going, fine. It's not going to be the stressor that and, everybody thinks it's. Going and to he be. improved from two seasons ago to last year. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. not to say that he's going to improve back to the Norse caliber player that he was previously in his career. But I think under Luke Richardson, we've seen an improvement. And if he can play at a level where you're like, you know, you're not cringing that he's your highest paid defenseman or that he's your number one defenseman, he can play that role. So if he's playing near the value of the contract, that's fine. And as the team gets better and some of these defensive prospects start getting here and hitting their potential, hopefully – I think a Seth Jones not thinking he has to do everything on the ice is a better Seth Jones. Yeah, you can, can take do, some off could, his plate. He could excel at what he does best instead of worrying about, I got to cover for everybody else on the ice because this is a bunch of suck asses out here. Right. That won't have to worry. He won't have to do that as much. So I know it's it's a hot topic. It's going to be a hot topic, but I my guys, <laughs> stop worrying about the Gosh darn salary yeah, cap. Yeah, we got time for that. Don't worry. It's, Let's enjoy this We haven't now. even drafted Connor Bedard yet, and everybody is worried about the price of his next contract. Live in the now, people. Live in the now. Enjoy what we have. Yeah. Relax. The salary cap headaches will get here eventually. We don't have to worry about yeah. it right now. And I have faith that this current regime will handle those headaches much better than the last one yes. did. Like they, so let's let it – let's enjoy – basking in the 98 glory 
while we can. Well, and they have $41 million yeah, that they it, have to the cap spend. Is not a concern for four, at least cap, four years. To get to the cap floor, why are we caring about yeah. $9.5 million exactly. with Seth Jones? Because they, st- they still have so much that, that contract they have That is actually for. helping this team immensely right, right. By the way, right. for all the people who are like, bring back Kaner to show Bedard how to win. Seth Jones in 2013 was the fourth overall pick and jumped to the NHL right away and played a major role for the National Predators as a rookie. He came in and played 72 games as a rookie. How about that for Connor Bedard? Say, hey, Seth, you were a guy who came in, drafted, made the jump to the NHL right away. What's that like? What should I do? There's your mentor. There's a mentorship you're looking for. Yeah, there's there's plenty of guys that... 77 games, sorry. That's even better. Uh, yeah, there there are going to be guys in that locker room that can help, you know, acclimate Bedard to the life of the NHL that don't need to also be Patrick freaking Kane and and be the owner of that locker room. Like, anyway, I, I want to stop <laughs> talking about this because literally the guy who makes the decision says we're not going to be discussing this anymore because we're not doing it. Yeah, right. it's over. All right. There are plenty of there are plenty of mentors already in that locker room. Yeah, I want to. I, I really don't want to get to a point where I hate having to think and talk about Patrick Kane. Be- oh, I'm long past because that. of whole- <laughs> I understand, but like Jesus, like can we just we, the we, GM I, just like, said it? He I'm literally said we're done. We with- can listen to Liam. Moving on here. Why yeah. do you guys even address the salary cap and bring back Kane comments and questions still? You don't have to pay attention because to Because when people make those comments, they owe us a dollar. So I want, you know. I brought the Kane thing up because of the Seth Jones. If people want a guy who can show counter out of the ropes and teach him what it's like to be a rookie out of the draft, he's here. Right. The guy's here. You don't need another Liam one. Liam is now co-executive producer, and uh, <laughs> I'm on board. Also, <laughs> on board. Connor Bedard takes some of the spotlight off of Seth Jones. Absolutely. Which will help Seth Jones. Probably. This is the counter Bedard ripple effect <laughs> that is impacting the entire organization from the players on the ice to the freaking, I don't know, the guy who serves the nachos. Mm-hmm. Oh, Everybody yeah. wins to the counter Bedard. He's going to be serving up a lot more nachos. <laughs> That's right. The beer yeah. vendors are going to be making a lot more money. Yes. At the United Center. They're going to need to make sure that all the concessions are stocked this year. Yes. All right. Anyway. All right. Let's go. Sorry. Okay, we're back to we're back. Mailbag Monday. Yeah, we're back. On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. <laughs> we're back. Okay. See, I love that bit. No one knows that bit. All right, thank you for connecting with me on that. Wait a minute. This one is from Peter J. Peter I'm assuming it's Peter J. Peter J. Peter Johnson, 81. Great avatar. Peter Johnson. He's got the Bill Daly holding up the Blackhawks logo, which is amazing. And he, he asks us a question here. He says, uh, Vancouver doesn't have a second-round pick in the next two drafts. Do you see Chicago trying to move up from number 19 to number 11, and what would it take? And then he gives us an idea. Perhaps okay. Tampa Bay's t- uh, 2023 first, that's the 19th overall. Ottawa's 2023 second, that's the 44th overall. Uh, Vancouver's 2024 second, which is to be determined, for Vancouver's 2023 first, which is the number 11 pick. Thoughts? <coughs> you know, that's not a bad idea. I'm yeah. That that seems about right. Mm-hmm. That seems about right. Yeah, two two valuable second round picks, and then an eight pick difference in the first round. Give them back that pick they gave us to take Jason Dickinson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be Jason Dickinson and the eleventh overall pick for Riley Stillman. <laughs> I also wonder too, like oh, there nice. you go. There's nice. a trade tree. Yeah, we've talked about it a little bit too. The the counter uh, the counter Garland Brock Besser thing. 
where Vancouver needs to move out some salaries too. Mm -hmm. You can sort of implement that into a deal too. I mean, again, this is, we'll talk about it tomorrow with, uh, with Mike Donahue, like having all this draft capital and all these assets. Yeah. They can do anything they want. While it would be fun to make all those picks and have all these young guys to to get excited about, there's also some value to those picks in the here and now. Yeah. So. And it also gives you the opportunity, if you do make the picks, to look at a guy like Isaac Phillips, for example, who the league says, oh, good young player, mm-hmm. big, strong, athletic, can move, can move the puck, can shoot. That becomes a trade. Like, everything now mm-hmm is on the table because of the way Kyle Davidson has set this stuff up. Yeah. It's, they, they are No one in the, the NHL is in better shape to do whatever the hell they want with their roster than the Blackhawks. It seems one, that way. One team that I think is going to be active on draft day is going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not only because they, they, they have a they, lot they, of them. But they only have McCabe. one pick in the first four rounds. They've got Boston's first round pick Which is because of that be... 28th. Um, because of all that, that crazy Eric Gustafson, Dimitri Orloff thing, they got Boston's first round pick. They have no second round picks. They have no third round picks. They have no fourth round picks. So they get the 28th overall pick, and then they sit there for four rounds. That's a team that they is going to be looking help. to acquire some draft capital. Not saying that, hey, you know, that means William Nylander is getting traded to the Blackhawks. Just saying, that's a team that'd be on the lookout for trying to acquire some picks. The Blackhawks have a bunch of extra picks. Mm-hmm. The Kyles have made up. If, <laughs> if the, seemingly so, if yeah. second best Kyle is still <laughs> in Toronto, yeah, right. I mean, we don't know that He's yet. Got to talk to his family first. But uh, you know, uh, yeah. I uh, it, it's starting to sound like it. He's gonna stay there, which I think is hilarious. That. Brendan Shanahan and yeah. Kyle Dubas are all going to keep their jobs, and Sheldon Keefe is going to keep his job. And it's like, what are we doing? They, there's here? no like, way that they can completely run it back. They can't. From what? I mean, they could. They could. But they can't, right? But, I mean, something's got to change. I mean, you got to change that team. You got to change that team. Yeah. You can bring in all the GM, you know, the GM would help change the team, but you got to get. That core, chronic underachievers that fold under yep. the pressure. So change, a lot of pressure. change that out. Uh, I don't know how you do that, though. Those, fresh, those are guys that are... Fresh eyes, fresh perspective. Trade Jake McCabe to the Blackhawks for a third-round pick. Sure, I'll take him back. <laughs> I'd be just fine. Yeah, maybe, he didn't, uh, maybe he didn't sell his condo yet. There you go. Yeah, probably not. Right, we got two more? Two right. more. We do. This one is from Junior Kane 88. Um, should the Hawks look to add guys like Kirby Doc last year, a young, struggling, high pick, needs a new start? For example, Alex Turcotte. Well, uh, I'll, I'll say what we've been saying for the last week. Uh, it's great that the options are open. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there are some players out there like that. Uh, that maybe just got buried in in an organization or for whatever reason haven't panned out with the team that originally drafted them. Turcotte is one of them. Um, I know every single person on Twitter believes that Alexis Lafreniere is going somewhere else besides New York, and people in Chicago love to bring up him. I don't think that that's going to be the case. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there are are 
options out there that the Blackhawks could could look at. I'm just not certain if any of them are like, you know, bullseyes to be like that's the perfect player to come in here. Yeah, just, just just like the salary cap, just because you have the money doesn't mean you should spend it all. Right. Just because you have the flexibility to make a bunch of trades doesn't mean you should do it just to trade. Find the guy that fits your your mold. Find mm-hmm. the guy you believe is going to be a difference maker and go get him. If that guy's not there, don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they have a lot of young players that are going to be coming up in the next year to two. So I think Davidson probably has a belief in his own guys already. So if, like you said, if there's, if there's not a guy there that you want to, you know, you know, take a swing at, you don't have to. And, and Alexei Lafreniere in the chat again, he's one of these guys. He's yep. not, I don't think the Rangers are trading him because guess what? They're going to have a new coach, and you can guarantee that the guy that they're going to bring in to take over for Gerard Gallant's main objective is going to get Alexis Lafreniere to look like a number one overall pick. The Rangers don't have the—I know the fans see it and say, oh, that's the guy they want to trade. Rangers don't want to trade him, and they're going to to switch out head coaches to get more out of him. I I mean, that's probably one of the reasons Gallant was fired. Yeah. Was because right. of the how he deployed Lafreniere and to a lesser extent Kako. And those guys have not developed. So bring in somebody who can. But I'm yeah. seeing Mike Babcock's name out there tied yeah, to the Rangers. That, hey, if you wanna be... if you want your young players to develop, bring a guy who's uh stuck in his ways in the pre twenty fifteens. And you know me and my 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 uh, uh my infinity for the uh Rangers. I would love that. Oh my god, <laughs> but like Take a look. Like it's can, not like, like can the how NHL many Luke away? Richardsons are there in hockey? Yeah, Luke Richardson still checks the boxes for what most NHL coaches are: former player, white, <laughs> you know, like, Co- yeah, like, previous he, coaching experience. Yeah, like he yeah. He, he, he checks all the boxes. Here's the thing: just it's, find a new one. And this is part of the reason why I hate New York teams so much. It's New York; they got it. It has to be you, a headliner. You, you've got to get a big name. You've got to get someone to put on the marquee. You can't settle for the new hot up and coming coach you need to get you need to get the, the draw and you know who goes to a game to see the coach not i, I nobody know. not me but th- that that just it going out and getting the big name coach proves to your fan base you're trying but yeah the, eh. the nhl needs to get needs to collectively get away from just hiring the same 30 guys for the same 30 jobs. That argument's been made for 50 years. Jesus. Like, like yeah. I think. Peter Laviolette is such a good example. This is a topic for another day, but I think you'll start seeing that when the next, hopefully, commissioner gets in charge. I think a lot of that. Yeah, whenever that happens. When you get a new set of eyes on the entire league, who's not focused the on. The league has needed a new set of eyes for a while. Absolutely. Yeah. But. Uh, Sounds like great August content yeah. discussion. Sure does. All we'll right, take a dark uh, break in August. Let's wrap up Mailbag Monday on a yep. Tuesday with this from Let's Go Hawks. Uh, will Nolan Allen be playing with the Blackhawks at the start of next season? Probably not. No, I wouldn't think Rockford. so. He, he's going to start the year in Rockford, and I think that that's there's nothing wrong with that. He's going to be playing uh, more minutes than he would if he came to Chicago. And, yeah, like all of these young players – uh, will need time to adjust to the pro game um, and adjust physically. And I, I think Nolan Allen, he's, he's, a, he's a bigger kid. 
uh, plays a more physical style. Um, to do that at the professional level, you're you're going to need to be you know physically ready to do that. It's different doing it against guys who are you know grown ass men compared to your own age players. Uh, so that'll have to take uh, take some time to translate. But yeah, he'll go to Rockford. I think he'll do just fine. The difference there is Korchinski can't go to Rockford. Right. It is yeah, NHL no. or juniors. So yeah, that's based, the, based on yeah. based on uh, birthdays. And if he whatnot. could go to Rockford, he would go to Rockford. Yeah. Nolan Allen, Ethan Del Mastro, top pairing for the Ice Hogs. Sounds good to me. Sure. Who do you think of that of that group is the is going to be the first full time NHLer? Of like Del Mastro, Allen, Korchinski. I guess we could throw Vlasic into that. Well, I think well, I think Vla- I think Vlasic's a full time NHLer next year. I don't know. Maybe. I think he is. I, I would hope so. Remove Vlasic. So take him out. Del Mastro or uh, Allen. Del Mastro, Allen, and Korchinski. Who's yeah. the first full time? Probably still Korchinski. Probably still Korchinski. But not this season, next season. Yeah. Next season and, he's full. And, hey, and then it might be all three of them at the same time if, if, if things go well. Yeah, Who I knows? So. That would be, that, that'd be a lot of fun to watch. Speaking of the Ice Hogs defensive group, uh, Del Mastro, Allen, maybe Regula and Phillips as your top, like potentially your top four. Wyatt Kaiser. Wyatt Kaiser maybe in that, in that group. But like those four as like regular defensemen, Talk about a meat grinder yeah. of a defense Good to have to get through. The net and yeah, woof. Some big, big, big what, what, physical players. Big beefy men slapping beef. <laughs> <laughs> big meaty men slapping meat. That's what it is. Meat. Yeah. <laughs> I got my quotes wrong. I had a beef sleeve on the mind. Uh, yeah. You know you what go. else is on my mind? It's the Comed Energy Efficiency. <laughs> always, program. it always. is. I'm it is always ever thinking present. about Munergy. Munergy, Munergy, Munergy. What to. is Munergy? You ask. My it mind is, on my Munergy. Money and energy. And Comed Energy Efficiency is helping, is committed to helping families and businesses they serve save both money and energy now and into the future. That is correct, Greg. Comed offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. Comed also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. How does that work? Well, as I've told you dozens of times, Greg. I'm, I'm hard-headed. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy, Munergy, today. For energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Say, was that comed.com slash poweringbiz? One of these days, I'll get it. Yes, it was. Okay. Schedule it today. All right. Well, that's it for the show. Reminder that tomorrow at 2, Mike Donahue will join the show. He is the Blackhawks Director of Amateur Scouting to take us behind the scenes of all the draft prep. He will not mention specific names. That is against the rules, my friends. (laughs) Uh, But you'll know who he's talking about. Wink, wink. Uh, Should be a lot of fun. Good guest. And then Thursday, we'll welcome our friend Craig Morgan from PHNX Coyotes to uh, wrap up what happened with the arena vote and to talk some crap about the Blackhawks because – He's sure. been chomping at the bit to do so since they 
rigged the draft in their favor. Mm. Mm-hmm. Craig doesn't believe that for the record, but <laughs> it should be fun. Yeah. So make sure you join us. We'll be here Monday through Friday, 2 o'clock. Remember, we're presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Thanks to Lawrence for running the show. For Greg and for Mario, I'm Jay. This has been the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.